So this episode's sponsor is Hired. So that's Hired.com. Hired is a platform for hiring top developer and designers. Uh, if you're a designer and, and you're looking for a new job, uh, it's a great place to go to to look for a new job. You get an average of five offers, um, all within the application. You know, companies like Facebook, Uber, Stripe, and Thoughtbot um, are all on there looking for you know designers and developers. Uh, you get job offers with your salary or equity up front before you even do an interview. Um, so if you know the salary isn't up to your standards, you don't have to waste any time. They have full-time and contract opportunities. So I totally think you should sign up. Uh, listeners of Tentative will get a $2,000 bonus just for signing up wow. using the show's link. Uh, that's pretty that awesome. That is amazing. I will take 50% of that. So, you know, where, where does, you can send your checks to me. Where does that leave uh, me? <laughs> you can go to hire.com slash tentative. Um, we'll put that in the show notes, hire.com slash tentative. And that's how you'll get that bonus. Hello, this is Tentative Podcast, where we discuss product design. I'm Kyle, and with me is the ever-so-cheerful... Red Alamedin. I'm not very cheerful today. You're always cheerful. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. It's us. I think you know us at this point. Well, maybe we have some new people listening. Hello, new people listening. Hi. Thank you for for listening. Thanks for the download and listen. Cool. Let's get into it. So uh, I think I want I want to talk a little bit about like our so like our job and how actually like what what do we consider ethical and how how does that like manifest itself in the in the work we do and when we use like you know like uh, websites or or apps where at what point we we look at something and think this is not right what is right and what is wrong as far as our like um you know like the ethical uh stance of of you as a designer i brought up dark patterns because um they're usually regarded as one of the areas where um things are are not right you should not be using your skills to actually uh implement those patterns yeah they're they're unethical they're they're evil things they're, they're not the dark good. side they're dark side they're black uh, if if you like categorizing things into white and black, then yeah, they're they're bad. But let's 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 actually backtrack a little bit and and, and just like first, I want to make sure that you're still using technology. <laughs> you know I what am. a website. You know what a website is. I right? am still using technology. Uh, I haven't been using my computer much, but I've been using my phone a lot more. And I've been surprised at how much I can get done on my phone. Uh, I also a couple weeks ago bought a watch, an Apple Watch, or yep. Um, Why? It's uh, it's quite late to get an Apple Watch. Uh, late in its product life cycle. It's in the middle. It's supposed to, they're supposed to release a new one in the fall. I don't know if I have a good reason of why I bought one now. Like I, I think I just got over a lot of the reasons why I didn't get one. I've also changed my mind again on on tracking my health. Um, <laughs> stuff. So I went back to using my Fitbit and saw the watch as an opportunity to kind of be better about tracking it. So that was one of the reasons. 
Fair enough. The other reason, so I, you know, I think we talked about this before, but like I used for the longest time, uh, I used my phone as my clock, as my watch, I guess. Um, I used to wear a watch before I bought, or even like after, after I bought the first iPhone that I got and using the phone as a watch now or, or a clock now has been kind of awful. Like I, when I'm at my house, I like to leave my phone outside of my personal body, uh, put it, put it somewhere so that I'm not always checking it so that like I'm paying attention to my kids, my wife and actually interacting with them instead of like when I check the phone, the thumbprint thing is so quick that it just automatically jumps into my phone and I get distracted quite easily. So the easiest solution there for me is, is just leave my phone lying around. I guess you could have said, Oh, why don't you just buy a regular watch? And I guess I could have done that too. Yeah. I'm sure part of it too is like I'm a fanboy of Apple. I like their products and I don't know. Yeah, the only reason I'm asking why now is uh there might be a new version sometime this year. And Yeah, uh, I think they were talking about the fall. Yeah, I'm and not... your and yours will feel outdated. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> All right. Uh I'm actually waiting for I I've never owned one. I used one, but I've never owned an Apple Watch and uh I'm waiting for the second iteration uh because it's usually a lot better than the first one so yeah that's why i've been holding off and also it's it's nice to have a watch and i used it for a couple of weeks and i totally saw the a little bit of improvement in in few things like you don't have to take the phone to look at the time and also like it's it's a weird it's actually a weird situation i ended up in because the watch at at the same time it allows you to not like look at your phone all of the time so it's let's say it's it's less like distraction but at the same time it distracts a lot i'm not sure if i'm making sense but it (laughs) it felt like this weird like am i am i being more productive or am i being more distracted i don't know i think it's totally up to you so i have on my phone i have almost all my notifications turned off uh, except for text messages and phone calls and so I have the same thing on my watch. I even actually turned off the notifications for phone calls because unless I have my phone, I'm not going to be talking to my watch as a phone. Um, it seems sort of silly. Yeah. So I, I don't get that many notifications on my watch. So I'm not using, like I know a lot of people like it for that, but I'm not using that part of it. Are you using like any apps that uh, like um, that you think are really well done and and uh, perfect for the watch yeah i i've been using OmniFocus a lot more for my tasks and so there's there's a few things about the OmniFocus watch app that are really nice for such a small screen it's it's been interesting using the watch and and seeing some of the design decisions for the small screen um but for OmniFocus, it basically shows you know a, a very dumbed down version of my to-do lists that are, are either flagged or due today. And that might be just like more helpful for me because it's, it's more in my face and I need that. I, I found the Apple weather app to be interesting. Like the, the way that they've designed the 24 hour weather yeah, with the circle uh, to be really interesting. 
Do you use um, any complications? No. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking you might be using some MLB or... I don't know if, if it exists, but I was expecting you to to be taking advantage of that. The, the MLB app? Yeah. Uh, the MLB app is... is like I I downloaded it to just to see what it is. And it basically just gives you scores. Yeah. Isn't that a good use case already? It is. I mean, like, but I, am I going to check that on my watch? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think the use case for the watch is, like, for, at least for me, is, is relatively small. Especially since, like, I think the, the rumors, so I did, like, I did check to see what rumors are there for the watch for the next version. I think what they're trying to do is make it less tied to the phone. Yeah. That, to me, like, wasn't a reason to not get it now. The reason that I would want to like wait would be if they had a, a smaller, um, a thinner watch, which I also don't know how much I care about, but the, like the use cases for it, for the watch, like there's, there's, especially since you need to have your phone on you to use it. Yeah. Like to me are they're like super, super slim. I have noticed that like, in the car getting text messages on my watch is a lot it feels a lot safer yeah i don't know if it actually is though yeah i have no idea i mean you still you're still uh my attention's still divided yeah your your attention is still going to a different uh place than the the road ahead of you <laughs> right so yeah i mean I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you're back to uh, tracking your health and that sort of <laughs> stuff. That's good. Let's uh, talk about this again three months from now. See if you're still doing it. And uh, which which band did you get? The sports band or? I got two. So I, I, I like to go running. So I have one sports band. I also have the, oh, I'm going to butcher this, the the loop, the milli. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the mayonnaise. Let's just call it that. <laughs> the man, Milanese. it sounds so much better when you say it. The Milanese loop, I think. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'll I'll be I'll be looking forward hearing about your findings and your. Uh, <laughs> that was a total tangent. Right. Uh, it was. It was. No, it's all right. I think I think we should allow ourselves to have multiple topics in one episode. It's it shouldn't. It's it's all right and. Like the topic I came up with is Dark not patterns. It's, yeah, it's not something that it like I see that every day, and I usually just go and and complain on Twitter. That's like what I do, and uh, there is there's like no there's no uh, like debate or like controversy. I mean, dark patterns are just that, and they're bad. But I just wanted to hear. Like if you have any experiences with situations where you were asked to implement some of those dark patterns or, you know, just you, you'll be the one responsible for adding them. And there's a, a spectrum. It's like there's a big difference between, say, having a form that... Do you have any examples of dark patterns, actually? I'm I was going to say we should probably define what a dark pattern is. Like yeah. We've just been bashing it as like evil and bad design but so for me dark pattern is a design pattern that has been created to trick users into doing things that they don't necessarily want to do yes Um, so the immediate example for me is like when i sign up for an account automatically subscribing me to a newsletter newsletter yeah this is a very common one 
Yeah, it is. So that's like, and it's also like not that in the scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal for no. a dark pattern. Like there are much, much worse. worse. Yeah. But it is a dark pattern. Like when someone's signing up, you're giving them an extra action to do to unsubscribe from emails. Yeah. Or this is just one example of the many examples where something is checked by default. So it's opt out instead of opt in. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a category on its own. Like a lot of websites, especially those who sell like what, like where you buy stuff, they might add a bunch of other things. Like think of like maybe travel agencies or or um, like uh, when you buy plane like tickets or that sort of stuff. Like, and they, they add a bunch of stuff that you don't uh, want, like insurances yeah, yeah. and whatnot. And you have to opt out of buying those insurances yeah, instead exactly. of opting in. And they might make it hard for you to do so. Like the check mark would be the only clickable element. Like you can't click the entire label. So... It, like even if you want to remove it, you need to uh, be precise enough. You can't remove it by accident. So that that sort of thing. Also, there are others where they make it almost impossible for you to delete your account just by having this loop of contact support and support gets back <laughs> to you with you know a link that you have to click and you click that link and you end up in another form which also asks you to contact support and you just like give up at some point like i don't want to delete my well i want to delete my account but i just give up because this is taking too much effort and i think those are like compare this to a button at the bottom of your profile saying delete account Uh, there's a huge difference in terms of user experience between these two one of the things that comes to mind when you talked about removing your account is is facebook does something (laughs) <laughs> that is somewhat, you know, dark. And and when you try to delete your account on Facebook, it basically does, are you sure? Are you sure? And then it shows you photos of all your friends and they'll, they say, oh, look at all these people that will miss you. Yeah, so they, have... like, they have this, this way of trying to like sucker you back in and make you feel guilty for leaving Facebook. Uh, that, that's, that's debatably not a smart thing to do because uh, when I closed my Facebook account, I got that thing, I, I think. And all the photos were actually of things I don't actually I hate. I was like, yeah, of course. That's why I'm quitting this thing because of people <laughs> like this, uh, like people I actually don't even know. Like, who are these people? I don't know. I'm I, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. So yeah, but but I get it. It's uh, it's it's not. I wouldn't put this as a dark pattern. It's more like a gray pattern. <laughs> yeah, I I think too. Like there are also applications that I know that won't let you um, delete your account unless you call someone. That to me is a huge dark pattern. Yeah, yeah, that one is pretty bad. And that that goes even to to like I know cable companies here in America. They will make you call them to cancel your account with them. And then while you're trying to cancel, they'll try to either upsell you or keep you, you know, subscribed. This actually is not a thing that happens only in the U.S. I think it's it's a common trait uh, between all like uh, uh, carriers and um and fiber company, it, like telecommunication companies. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot. I actually it happened to me recently, and I ended up not canceling because I got a discount on my internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it go. works. But uh, dark patterns, like they're all over the place, not just in 
UI, but also in business practices. I think we want to focus on the ones that are related to UI, like things that are made to trick you. Like um, I can think of examples where you want to click something, but it's set up in a way that that click will trigger trigger something else. Like right. when you get the, those pop uh, like pop ups or whatever they call like modal like add like things, and and you click the the close button. And that that close button ends up being a fake close button. So when you click it, you end up in a different site or something like that. Or you, you try to click the backdrop area, but that does nothing. Or, it's just, you know, like basically trying to trick the user to do things that they don't want to, but they will end up doing anyway because that's where the UI uh, leads them. Yeah, I think a, a good place to look for dark patterns to know what they are is there's a website called darkpatterns.org. Have you ever gone there? Yeah, I've been, I've been there before. And it goes over a bunch of the different dark patterns um, that have been submitted and actually shows examples of sites that have done this. Yeah. And uh, just before we, we uh, started like talking about what are dark patterns, I was talking about a spectrum and that spectrum is basically there not like not everything is the same level of darkness like there are some <laughs> things that are really bad like the one i just cited where like you have these obnoxious ads or or things like that where that you try to for to, me the worst ones are when they you trick people into paying money that they don't necessarily want to pay so like where you know you're defaulted into like in insurance that you don't necessarily need or a sub- um, or a renewable subscription or yeah or a renewable subscription or hidden costs or saying that your uh that your service is free and then there's an asterisk and at the bottom <laughs> of the footer saying it's free for 3 days and then we charge you per hour or some stupid right. thing like or, this or hiding <laughs> you know some some places will hide the free option yeah uh to encourage you to so these are like the extreme but there are other things that are on the other extreme which you cited a couple of them but there are some things that they are hostile to the user even though they won't uh they are not that bad from that perspective but like for instance like having six like call to action buttons in the landing page uh or having like uh making some user flow uh, not serve the goal of the user, but the goal of the business. Like, I want all users who want to create an account to go through this step where they give me their phone number, even though they don't use, they don't need it to use the service, but I want it for my marketing purposes. That's a dark pattern. Or right. I, I mean, I all want- dark patterns are because of that. They're they're all serving the business needs over the user's needs. So anything that you put in to serve the business over the user is a dark pattern in my eyes. That's why like going back to the the Facebook example of leaving Facebook, like that's still to me that's still a dark pattern because clearly someone has the intent of leaving Facebook and they're trying to trick them back into using Facebook or at least not deleting their account. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's one extra step that the user has to go through. And and why I, I wanted to 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 actually talk about this spectrum is that I thought about we might not deal with the extremes of you know the ones that extort people or trick them into paying money, but we, well, at least I definitely dealt with cases in the 
you know the less dark uh, section of this the the part of the spectrum where the client would want to have this extra step or this extra thing to serve some some uh, business goal and i had to to push back on that and or or sometimes i just downright refuse to do something just because to me it's like some things i just don't want to do at all like mm-hmm. for instance like i typically try to avoid like floating uh or fixed things in in web design where like as you scroll there's always this button in your face that says you have to upgrade or or something like that and uh, some in some cases it's in some cases it's all right i mean it's acceptable but in most cases it feels to me like you're like nagging the user to to do something that they might not even be ready to take that decision and i usually push back on those a lot and i was wondering if you had similar experiences and whether you like at what point you actually really push back uh on on these i can't really think of any right now off the top of my head so i i don't think i've at least i don't know that i've had to deal with them or maybe i've just implemented semi-dark patterns and and not thought too deeply about it okay like i mean it's it's not sometimes it's not as easy as saying oh this is clearly a dark pattern like especially if if it's vital for the business then you can actually use better wording or or design it in a way that explains what's going on to the user so so as to just explain to the user that it's an inconvenience and we're aware of it but there is a business need that requires this to be there like for instance a required phone number or or this other thing that the user has to go through to be able to use your service one that i personally consider is not a great pattern to use is requiring the users to to provide information before even they know what they're signing up for like mm-hmm. oh if you want to use our app uh you've got to sign up first or you've got to give us all these personal like information uh before you can actually start using the app and i typically tend to push back on that a lot and some others might not consider that a dark pattern but to me it's not probably one but it's it serves the business uh and it it it's not as a user i don't want to be giving my information to companies or to apps or services that i don't even trust or or know right i for me like it serves the business or at least a lot of the apps that that i've helped design and build it helps the business lead customers into their funnel if they can play around with the app before they, you know, fill out a long form. I think the sign up forms generally are like a barrier to entry and will cause hesitation for sign up. So if we could eliminate that and, and show the user that the application is solving their problem before they even sign up and then encourage them to sign up once we've given them that proof, I think that's best for the business and best for the user do you do you consider it our job to um, educate clients and push back when they're okay because like some people just don't know or at least they're not aware of the harmful effects of not being honest with your users do you consider that our job or you think that we should basically roll with it and just try to make it look as good as possible i think it's our job to help them build the best business possible and 
the way that you do that is by finding customers or finding people to use your application. So tricking people into using your application isn't going to you know, make them want to use it. But don't you think that that's not really a criteria? Like we use a lot of things that we don't like just because we have to. If I'm, if I'm going to buy a plane ticket, I'm going to go through this company. Or for businesses, whether you want to use it or not is not the top metric. Not, I'm not saying all businesses, but for a category of businesses, it's all about the numbers. So if we are selling this much, we don't care if people are enjoying it or not. The numbers are going up. Everything is great. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm saying it's short-sighted and it's bad and people who are running these businesses should probably take a step back and look at things in a, you know, look at the bigger picture. Like there are a lot of businesses who take that approach, but at the same time, especially in some industries, we still end up with a lot of dark patterns. Like I'm thinking of finance and travel and insurance, all of these industries, they tend to have a lot of these things. Right. Uh, And still people go to their websites and use them. I have a question for you then. Do you have any loyalty to any travel agency or or service? No. So uh, when you're looking to buy a flight, are you going to go to a certain airline? Or are you just looking for essentially the cheapest? Uh, Not always the cheapest. I'm looking for the easiest and cheapest. So so the highest value for money. Your your schedule and the, the cheapest to that schedule. Yeah, exactly. If I told you right now that you were going to go buy a computer, where would you go buy it? Probably Apple store. Okay. Where's the difference there? I guess the difference is that, I mean, Apple won me as a customer, I guess. Right. Uh, They're not always perfect, but they're better than the competition. So so you know that Apple's not going to do any of those dark patterns, or at least you hope that they're not. You trust them as a company to build a good product. Whereas, Yes, I do. A lot of these airlines have implemented these dark patterns. You know that they don't really care about you as a customer. They're really like, they're looking at their bottom line more than your experience. And as a user, as we've gotten away from actual web applications but i think that's it's all right it's totally okay because we're, we're like we're experienced designers we're, we shouldn't talk about web design just as like you know <laughs> thing you look at the screen it affects right. a lot of things in life so it's all right so like there to, to me there's a clear indication of like one company who is you know catering to their users and building a strong user base like there are people that love apple and love their products i think we can count ourselves as being part of that group there are people that don't like apple products too but you don't have that same kind of passion for most airlines like i know i believe virgin uh has as somewhat of that passion like there okay. are people that do love virgin um because their experience their they they've treated the customer first at least no, I mean, th- from... no, don't get me wrong. Like if, if you're, if you care about the customer, you will get them. You will get customers from your competitors. There's no discussion about it. What I was trying to actually to question is what can we do to make like uh, both as users and also as people who build things, who build products, what can we do to, to make this more uh, clear to like businesses who only care about the numbers? It's, it's easy to. You can say it like this and it's all great, but I feel like a lot of times it just doesn't work. 
when you try to convince people that this, especially when they look at the landscape and they see that everyone else is doing the same thing. And they usually think of it backwards where they say, you know what, if I end up being the first, I might actually uh, lose some clients at first, which they might, you know, when they will update their, their product or they, their workflow, uh, sorry, their user flow, the next couple of days, it might actually show a, uh, a decrease. But because it's not, it's not the sort of stuff that you change and you immediately see the gain. Like trust takes time to build. Right. And, and, and a lot of them are like not, they're too short-sighted to see that. So I was just wondering like why I do wonder about this because it helps me as a, as someone who helps a lot of businesses ship their products, it helps me have a good like argument to convince them like that they should look a little bit uh, more into the future, not just immediate gains. And to be honest, I haven't had a lot of issues with most of our, a lot of our clients are great and we love them. But as soon as I leave the sphere of thought our clients, I just start seeing like things that are wrong all over all over. Yeah, but I also think that that is also like select our clients and our clients select us. So there's some sort of filtration going on there and hopefully we're getting clients that understand that they're you know going to be in their whatever business they're in for for a while and and they'd rather build for the long term rather than the immediate short-term gain. It's a very good point that you're making that all of these dark patterns they're certainly short-sighted they're for short-term gain and they're not thinking about long-term trust, long-term brand equity. They're not thinking about the user um, no. past the immediate plus one of the, that metric. And, and I think that's where like looking at a lot of those metrics or looking at the wrong metrics can get people into trouble. And, and it also goes back to like things that we also can't measure. Like you can't measure, I, mean, I guess you probably can, you can, can measure like your dedication to Apple by how much you've bought over the years. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit harder to, to measure that because you, you, you need time. But yeah. It's harder to measure and harder like to keep track of. Whereas like sales, it's easy. You just look at your bank account. <laughs> right. Um, no, I'm, this is a very valid point i just give you an example i've been using this company that sells domain i will not name the company but they've been notorious for uh you buy you try to buy a domain and they they try to upsell you in the checkout uh, thing like i think there are five or six extra things you get like oh you want privacy you you have <laughs> and i think it's checked uh, by default like uh, you get privacy but you have to pay another extra five dollars or something and they check an email like inbox and a lot of other stuff what about the wordpress UI... one click plugin yeah do you, do you um, pay for that too well, yeah no i didn't of course i have to uncheck that as well but um i used them for for three years and i used to have all my domains there and one day i realized that uh, there is something better. There's another company who cares about their customer and um, they don't try to upsell you. And they're very, like when you look at their checkout, it's very honest in what it's trying to do. Like, here's what you got. Here is what you are paying for. And we have these extra services, but they're here if you want them. And I, I moved all of my stuff there and I never looked back. And the thing to notice is that this the, the, the new domain registrar I'm using is actually a little bit more expensive than the other one. 
but I'm totally fine paying that extra if I know that I can trust these people. And uh, I've been recommending it to all other people. So right, you know, so like, like they're in their case, they're 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 making more money. They're getting positive recommendations, so you're you're inputting more more leads for them. There's so much because they had a good experience that they're gaining so much more out of it. And it's like interesting that you brought up that. I think I would hope most people know the other company, the one that that's trying to upsell you and and automatically subscribing you to some of the things that that are upsells. I've seen a lot of people complain about that one domain registrar. Yeah, so and and they're trying to to fix that, but I feel it's too late. The damage is done. Like right. when your image is damaged, it's just hard to restore it. Right, and so they did all of that for the short term, and I'm sure they saw a lot of profit because of it because people weren't paying attention when they were signing up or were trying to sign up really quickly, uh, and because of that. You know, they they saw a short term gain because of it, but like now they're they're probably trying to repair a lot of their relationships because I, I'm sure as you recommend the your current domain host, you're probably telling people to stay away from the other one. Oh yeah, usually um, it goes hand in hand, right? Like so you it's... might use this one, but definitely don't use this one. <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> So that they've like very negatively affected their their bottom line for short term gain. Right. I think it's and super interesting. Like we brought up the the case of um, our cable or or internet. Yeah. That that to me is is one of the places that I, is total commodity and and whichever company is giving me the cheapest cheapest service, like uh, that's honestly the one that I'm willing to go with because because they all suck right (laughs) i well i have the feeling that i'm getting ripped off from each one of them Uh, yeah especially like i've done the thing that you did before and i used to do it regularly just i would fake quit on them (laughs) just to get the better deal uh because i knew if i did that they, they would give me a better deal and to me, that that's so broken. That's such a broken yeah. experience that I would like remind myself to call up the cable company after I've been with them for a year to you know get a better deal on my cable because like, I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. Um, before we um, before we uh, conclude, I think the question is: What do you think the role of uh, product designers in this? I think it's to look at, you know, the the long term and short term goals. Like there there could be uses use cases for I'm sure there like for Facebook, like a lot of people hit that page and see their friends and they're like, Oh, well, maybe I will use this a little more. And maybe in some of those cases it, it does affect them in a positive way. Right? Yeah. What what we should avoid doing is doing some of those in my view, those the really bad ones. The ones that like you're you're taking other people's money by default and not letting them like opt out or or no i i totally get it um but it's just well, there's one thing that i would like to mention is that dark patterns is not just what we talked about today i would actually say that lack of accessibility is actually a dark pattern if if your website or app is not accessible just because you don't want to spend more time developing it so that 
you know, so that you stay within budgets. That to me is a dark pattern. And there are so many others that we, we actually try to consider that. I mean, we, we learn to consider that they're not, they're just like, you know, compromises that we make. In fact, I think, I think I should have brought this up a little bit earlier in the episode, because this is the entire point I'm trying to make is that uh, a lot of things that I, I, like that should be considered dark patterns are not considered dark patterns today. Like having everything, for instance, run in a like JavaScript environment where the user would be in a lot of trouble if they are either, you know, have that, they have bad connection or they have slow computers or things like that. To me, that's a dark pattern. Like if I need to cancel my account now because I will be billed tomorrow if I don't, I need to be able to do it regardless of what conditions I have, like regardless of how good my internet is or, and not being able to do that to me, it's also a dark pattern. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I think, I mean, I'm trying to go back to my definition of what a dark pattern was. So it's to, for for me, I'm not so sure that that is a dark design. To me, that's just, Bad design. Okay. Um, Interesting. Bad design patterns. For, for me, dark patterns are things to trick people into doing things that they don't want to do. So so you believe that there must be some sort of uh, bad intent behind? Not necessarily. Like for, for some of those, I'm sure there's not bad in. in uh, I think in a lot of them, there's some sort of uh, right. business servant bad intent. intent. Like, right. No. Yeah. For me, it's it's like you're not trying to trick by using some sort of JavaScript framework. You're not trying to trick someone into doing something they don't want to do. I guess you're tricking them into using JavaScript. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it might be a stretch. But I don't yeah. know that, 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 yeah, that's kind of a stretch. It might for be me. a stretch, but I am, um, I'd rather, I'd rather err on the side of considering a dark pattern than saying, Oh, that's all right. You, you don't, you don't need, I mean, you don't need to have an accessible website. Don't put uh, alt tags on your images. That's fine. Like it's going to save us time. Or to me, those are dark patterns because uh, you might not have bad intent because you don't actually fully grasp that some people do not have the same conditions that you you have, and it might it might not be intentional, but it's still harmful to those people, and. That's that's a t- another type of harm. It's it's not just money. It's like uh, if if I struggle to read this important part of the site, uh, then uh, you're harming me as a user. And it might be bad design, but bad design is like a superset of things. Like dark patterns are also bad design. Uh, right. They're they're just a subset of bad design. So I would I would still might be a stretch but i would still consider or at least like why i'm saying this is because if we just if we keep basically accepting more and more of these things that are harmful to the user over time without considering them like dark patterns or like that things that are like you know bad things taboos then i think at some point we will basically be very lax and the work we will be doing will be fairly harmful to the to, to a category of users or, or to all users and we wouldn't even be aware of it and i think that's a bigger problem because the the obvious ones they're obvious like yeah you don't want people you don't want to trick people like to to pay more money but the less obvious ones they're as they're they're probably 
more harmful in some cases. Uh, and I, I keep coming back to accessibility because it's an easy one, but there are others as well. And um, I, I guess I guess what the point I'm trying to drive across is that it's all right to to be extra vigilant uh, to what might uh, be actually harmful to the user and and push back on that. Even if your boss doesn't agree or your client doesn't agree or I don't know, someone in your organization is against it. Uh, and I know that designers, they're not always in a position of power in their companies, but that's not an excuse to not push hard against these things. Uh, because yes, having a business that's profitable and all of that is is important. Like you can't, you will lose your job if not. But doing it in a way that goes against uh, the desires and uh, needs of the user is a recipe for for like disaster it it could work for well i don't know a month two three a year or two but it's not sustainable because at some point someone else will actually come and do the things you didn't do and you will see your users moving to that someone like to that competitor as soon as as that happens so yeah, my suggestion is people should, uh, designers specifically, product designers should keep an eye on these things and they should err on the side, you know, of protecting the user more than the side of protecting the business. I agree with all of that. I think the takeaway there is to make sure that you're looking at the long-term trust of your product and enjoyment of your product as opposed to short-term gains where, you know, it might help certain metrics, but it won't hurt. It'll, it'll harm you in the long term, hurt the business in the long term and hurt the user in the short term. Absolutely. Uh, this was episode 23 of Tentative. You can find the show notes for this episode at tentative.fm slash 23. You can tweet at tentative.fm, one word, or uh, send us emails to um, hosts at tentative.fm. Yeah, if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. We'd, we'd love to get more listeners uh, because there's a lot of wisdom going on here and we don't want we don't want to, uh, you know, we want everyone to take advantage of it. Uh, yeah, and thank you for listening. I'd also say if, if you have any suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear from us, feel free to email us in. Again, it's hosts at tentative.fm. Yes, or, or Twitter as well. Uh, we we yeah. keep an eye on the account. Great. Cool. Peace out. Peace. Peace.